big hello to the coastal Georgia, the middle Georgia, and the central Savannah River area IIA chapters. My name is Amanda Jo Irvin. If you don't know me, I go by Joe, and I absolutely cannot wait to fly from Denver, Colorado, where I am right now, to you in Savannah, Georgia, for your May 4th event. Now, you may have heard it's a Star Wars theme. May the 4th be with you day. And I've already started collecting fun little giveaways to keep you guys awake and paying attention throughout the day. I've even got more on the way this morning that I ordered, but I cannot wait to be there in person talking to you about auditing around the corner. What does that mean? Well, it means spotting what's coming, spotting these inflection points, which is just one term that you are going to learn that day and hopefully walk away with so many great ideas to take back to your organization. I hope to see you there in person, but remember there is a virtual option. This group did an amazing job last year with a hybrid event before a lot of people had even done them. And they're doing that for you guys again this year. So if you're watching this video and you're not even anywhere near Georgia, you can still sign up. This is going to be an eight hour CPE event that you don't want to miss. And I really hope to see you there. Signing off until May 4th. This is Joe Irvin and I cannot wait to be with you guys. Hey, hey, what's happening guys? Who is that person talking? I don't <laughs> know. Who was <laughs> I know with curled hair, my hair looked different. <laughs> and oh, that look. was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so look, guys, we're on episode number 53 of the Friday Froster, a fair fair. You guys just watched a commercial with Joe. Coastal Georgia. What's the other it's three chapters combined in one, right? Yeah, coastal Georgia, middle Georgia, and central Savannah River area. Yeah, combined chapter event. And we're talking about auditing around the corner? Mm -hmm. Risks that your organization is facing now and in the future. What's coming? I like it. I like it. But here's what I want to say. For all of you people who are involved in IIA chapters, you just saw that very nice commercial that Joe just did for the chapter where she will be at next. What better way to reach your audience than on this show? We have a wide reach. We are live here on LinkedIn every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then we're also on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all your favorite podcasting platforms. So if you'd like to advertise with us, give me a call. Send me an email, rob at thatauditguy.com. Also, the video that you just saw, you know who produced it, me. So if you need some production help, IIA chapters, call me for that too. We're here to support you. I'm going to put yeah. the link. I'm going to thank you for showing that. And I'm going to put the link in the comments because I know this group would love to have anybody join from anywhere. So auditing around the corner, by the way, this will be a good opportunity for you guys to see Joe because Joe is an excellent presenter at a very reasonable rate because <laughs> she ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no. Reasonable. I like the word reasonable. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a fair fair. Hey, let me ask. When's the last time you guys caught a bus or a subway? Mm. Oh. Oh, just, yeah. Now. This week. <laughs> ah, how much was it? Oh, this I one used was my iPhone. 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kelly, what a good idea that could have prevented this fraud. Hmm. <laughs> We're not to talk about. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. No, but how much was it though? It's like I think it was two seventy-five. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. So, yeah. how many two seventy-fives do you think it would take to add up to two million dollars? Two million. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one million. Sorry. All right. So for everyone listening, let's let them in on the joke. Today, what we're talking about is a fraud in Utah. A Utah Transit Authority employee, he's been sentenced for stealing more than $2 million in, well, bus fare. David Leroy Healy will serve 364 days in the Salt Lake County Jail for his crimes. He he pleaded guilty to a pattern of unlawful activity, second degree, a second degree felony, and a misuse of public funds, which is a third degree felony. So what it is, I don't want to know for you guys listening right now. When's the last time you've been on a subway or a bus and how much was it? When's the last time you've been on a subway or a bus and how much was it? Leslie says, happy Easter weekend. Happy Easter weekend to you too, Leslie. Thanks. All right. So, Kelly Joe, y'all want to dive right into this one? Where do you guys want to start with this one today? I'm having fun with this one. I I just want everybody and Hal doesn't look like Hal's on. So uh, this is the first one we've done in a while that doesn't have anything to do with wire fraud because they found <laughs> over a million dollars in quarters and cash in this guy's house. Like literally, this one is different from that regard. This is what did you call it? Pilfering pennies for profit. I love that alliteration there. I was like Peter Piper picks a peck of. He <laughs> was pilfering pennies for profits. That's right. So Christine said that about four years ago when she was in DC and it was probably about four dollars. Well, okay. And one of my hashtags is no one steals to save. Well, this guy, I mean, this is where I just put in his psychological profile must be so interesting because he did, I mean, he bought a few things, but he didn't go crazy. I don't think he went to Disney, guys. Um, um, and he, he saved it. So, like, that's why I said his psychological profile must be really, really interesting because this is just, and I put hashtag tips find fraud. That's how he got caught. Um, but there has to be something that caused him to like, you know, do this and not spend it. Like I, I just, I would love to like talk to him or to read his, you know, pre-sentencing report or whatever, because it's very, very unusual to save this. He bought some crazy stuff. The article doesn't mention. Oh, okay. Okay. But All right, still so he did save a lot. So let, let's let's dig into this. So they raided his home based on a tip from a concerned citizen. A concerned citizen saw him taking jugs of coin when it you know, looked like he shouldn't have been taking those coins. So a concerned citizen called in a tip. They raided his home. When they raided his home and they went through his assets, they found 
$2.3 million in money and other assets, including $191,000 in accounts uh, at Mountain America Credit Union, $649,000 contained in various accounts at Cypress Credit Union, $1.4 million contained in escrow in an account at Zion Bank, a 2015 Dodge Ram 1500, a 2019 Jeep Cherokee, uh, a coin collection, a Ruger revolver, whew, and a UTA, and he has his UTA retirement pension. Um, so the case began in October of 2019, like I said, when a concerned citizen called in a tip saying that they saw what looked like a UTA vehicle come to their neighborhood and take buckets of money. And they could only go back four years. So they think, I mean, who knows? He, who knows when he started? I think that's the, he's a 20 year employee. So we've always talked about like, just because you think they've worked there forever, doesn't mean they won't do it. And he could have done it from the very beginning because like to Kelly's point, stealing to save, he, the only thing that it mentioned was he wanted to put one of his children through college or something like that. That's kind of what came out in the, Thing that that's how it started or something like that so interesting yeah they're, they're saying it's hard to know how much money he actually took yeah because of what you just said now his his attorney was saying well he didn't spend the money but he certainly kept it uh, no i'm sorry the defense uh, the prosecution is saying he didn't spend the money but he certainly did keep it for his own use now his attorney catherine cleveland argued that her client had good motives behind his actions. She said when he first began taking the money from UTA, his goal was to save money so that his sons could get through college, but his actions got out of control. And then she's quoted as saying, I think he's actually grateful that he got caught. She said that That's he would normal. never be in trouble again. Yeah, she said that he would never be in trouble again and asked the court to give him probation only, noting that he currently is employed and supporting one of his children. Well, he also did the, uh, I did not realize the scope of what I had done. I did not realize it was even close to that kind of money. That's my two to six rule. And for him, it was probably like, you know, I don't know, 20 times what he thought he stole. So, yeah. Uh. Especially because we are talking about real coins. Like, I mean, this guy was, so his title, this is what really fascinated me was, Fair equipment maintenance technician. Yep. And you know, like I, I, my husband is a, you know, he's a fleet supervisor, fleet mechanic, like he's done all, you know, maintenance role, all this kind of stuff. And so it was fascinating to me. And my husband said, that's a union title for you. First there of all, you I'm like, do we really need a fair equipment maintenance technician for that? You know, that fair box on the bus. That was a coin collector. Off. Yeah. The coin, the coin. Well, yeah, but I mean, his responsibility wasn't to like take the coins to the bank. Clearly that was somebody else's, but he was just maintenance for that. So, I mean, really interesting. Obviously the best solution is what Kelly alluded to was why are we still using real cash in our society? And I get because a lot of it is the, I mean, I'm treading lightly here from like the, the people who typically ride buses, maybe homeless, like we have this perception, right? Um, although we know a lot of professionals that ride buses too, but, um, as I, I mean, that's the control, get rid of the live money. You've got, I mean, the cards, the fair cards, the buy it on your iPhone. This is what's going to stop this stuff. We got to get into the 21st century. 
All right, so look, guys, one reason that we're doing this story today is because the guy who is the current director of audit actually sent it to me. Mm, I love Mike, that. Mike says he bought some crazy stuff the article doesn't mention. Um, now, we may or may not be able to bring on some people close to this situation next week if we want to do a follow-up to this. I wanted to introduce the story this week, but there's always more to the story, right? Of course. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Mike is saying that there's more to the story than meets the eye. Benita's saying, wow, relieved to be caught. What's the psychology behind this? It, okay, so just to talk about that, like he probably, um, I never had so much as a parking ticket. He probably didn't have a criminal history. Um, and if you could talk to him, you would say, talk to me about the first time it happened. And Ooh. and these are people who are like, they're regular. He's not like a hoodlum. Um, and so there is a sense of relief because they're living a lie. They are literally, and they know it. And every day he's probably going, oh my God, is today the day? So there is a huge amount of physical and mental relief that the gig is up. Like, again, every day, if you're in and you're like, God, what if they call me in today? Like, hey, Robert, can you come here a sec? And you're like, oh, God, Kelly knows. Oh, my God, Kelly knows. Oh, yeah. you know. Um, so that's yeah. Benita. That's what I'm talking about is these are, quote, good people who made bad, bad choices, but they can't, like, live forever with it. Yeah, so yeah. That's what I, I psychology 101. Yeah. Now, for my auditors listening, what's the one thing you always hear whenever there is a fraud? Where were the auditors? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that for just one moment, because here's something that is very, very entertaining. When you look at the comments that's in, on the news story, Oh boy, I hope you guys can actually see this because check out some of these comments. Wow, not sure what's more shocking, him taking that much that UTA apparently doesn't have protections in place to, pre to prevent this or that UTA did not notice the loss in funds. This was 14 days ago, then somebody else set up under that. Also, who is doing the auditing for UTA? There are this many tickets and there should be this much money. This isn't just a few thousand. It's a couple of million. And someone said, guess he should have used a Ziploc bag and small buckets that didn't say UTA. <laughs> someone else said stealing is a crime. No argument there. But this went on unnoticed by UTA for 22 years. This criminal negligence, too. That's criminal negligence, negligence too. Who at UTA is going to pay the price for allowing this to happen? Now, I will say. When the current director of audit sent this to me, he said that this happened before he got there. So, again, people always want to ask, where were the auditors? That is well, why. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh, the, the other thing is like, you know, people. So, for that, that was me. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. People say like, you know, oh, well, it 
you know, I had nothing to do with it. There are going to be heads that will roll. We might not see them, but there will be some heads that would will roll for either not doing their job, you know, quote, not doing their job, the taint of it. Like, you know, it's like this happened on your watch. And obviously Mike wrote it happened before him. Well, thank goodness. So maybe there's something that happened before Mike showed up that there was taint and that person is gone. And that's why Mike is there. I don't know. Now, my man Clarence said he worked for MTA for a few years, Maryland Transit Authority. And then he also said back in the day before they changed the system, employees used to steal the money all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, here's the thing with the whole how many tickets do you sell versus how much money you have. This is the if I have it right in my mind, this is the type where you still drop the money. You don't get a ticket. I mean, this is they don't know how many people are riding every day. Like maybe, I don't know. Mike can tell us if I'm totally wrong, but I'm guessing maybe there, there isn't even the ability to do that. Or, you know, if you think about at least back in the day, that was the problem because there wasn't the ability to do that. Now we absolutely have the ability to do it, but. Well, yeah. and data analytics guys, the bus stops, the doors open, um, cha-ching, like, you know, data analytics. Well, I was thinking um, like cameras on buses, you know, I mean, those type of physical controls are getting better too. If you see buses packed, I mean, you could even look to see how many people and how much an affair, like from an audit perspective, you could actually do a lot more physical observation, virtually looking at videos, seeing how much fares were collected. I don't know. There's so many options. All right. Well, the so other thing is COVID. So for the last two years, COVID like has dropped the fares. So, or not dropped the fares, less people. So yes. you throw COVID into the mix and people are like, well, you know, COVID's here. So maybe that doesn't make that much difference. You know, of course we're down because COVID and people aren't riding buses. I don't know. Yep. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to our audience. Mike, the director of audit there says, the hedge rolling was federal <clears throat> anger. And Joe with an E is here and he says, government corruption, how can that be? Oh, no. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Jane, Jane, I haven't seen you in a while. I hope you are well. She says, sounds like the stealing became an addiction. He did not get caught, got excited and kept doing it. And Jane wants to know how he got caught. Jane, he got caught based on a tip. Someone told, a concerned citizen told. Now, here's what I will say. You guys were asking how would they know how many people came on? So I had a good buddy who was in charge of, uh, at one university I worked for, he was in charge of the student union and he wanted to get a head count as far as how many people, the foot traffic in and out. There's technology that you can use nowadays that kind of estimates it. There are those lasers that will count traffic in and out. Now, granted, it does count traffic both in and out, but you can get a rough estimate for how many people you have. So, you know, obviously people are asking, where were the auditors? Where was your data analytics? Where were your reasonableness tests? Just a simple reasonableness test um, just to look at these things. But yeah, he, he stole a bunch of money. And if they recovered $2 million in assets, imagine how much he actually took. And did he put his sons through college? I don't know. Where did he put question. him through? An Ivy League school at a hundred grand a year? 
<laughs> they all graduated from Yale. Harvard. Seems like nope. the money was in the bank account, so maybe not. I don't know. Maybe but, the son graduated know. in finance. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was funny. But, you know, it, it does beg the question, though, in all seriousness. I know that this predates uh, Mike from being the director of audit. But where, again, where were the auditors in doing a reasonableness test? Because you're talking about the transit authority. Your primary source of revenue is or are the fares that you collect. So it seems like that would be very high on an auditor's risk assessment. So while we're talking about that, I want you guys to take a listen to the latest episode of my podcast, Audit Bites. It was titled, Audit Leaders Are Failing Future Auditors. It's causing quite a stir with some people because I push a few buttons and I really don't care because I'm being honest and truthful in everything that I say. But go to auditbytes.com, check out that episode because I do believe that audit leaders are failing current and future auditors by the way that we're training them and bringing them up. We aren't giving them the tools and the resources that they need to succeed. We're not providing them with critical thinking capabilities and that is causing them to be well set back in their careers and it's causing companies to lose a bunch of money. So check out that episode and um, drop in the chat for me if you guys wanna have a discussion with Mike so he can tell us the rest of this story because oftentimes we don't get the rest of the story. Okay, so I want to give a, a shameless plug to um, Michael Lewis and his um, podcast this year, which he has a thing. And I did a post this week on LinkedIn about L6, six levels down, Gladys in the basement. Now, like this is, Again, another process like the CFO, they don't know. They're looking at, you know, analysis out in the future, but the actual day to day mechanics of it, L6, six levels down. So I love that. Guys, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That. Was I mean, a great episode. Oh my God. I'm going to try and find it and put it in the show notes. I want to, uh, I want to use that in some way, right? Because this is why I talk about why are we not doing surveys or asking questions from the front line to the corner office? I mean, some some books will say from the street corner to the corner office now, right? Because we need to think about our outside constituents. Yep. This, I think Jane nailed it when she said this would still be going on if that outside community, you know, this was somebody that like lived in his neighborhood, saw him at the Walmart putting the coins in and saw him going into his house. This wasn't even somebody that worked at the UTA that saw it. Um, so this is about involving our communities in our in the things we're discussing, the risks to our organizations. I think this is a perfect example of where that would, would be helpful. I love that L6, Kelly. Oh, it was so incredibly good. Like it's one of my favorite like episodes. Gladys. Anyone who has a Gladys, it is like, yeah, yeah. I put the link in, Benita. I think you even liked my tweet about it. So yeah, really good. Uh, tweet. Speaking of tweets, Kelly, should we side note on Elon buying Twitter? <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I don't want to I'm just, I just had to, cause I'm not on Twitter. Kelly knows I like only get on Twitter to check Kelly's stuff most of the time. So <laughs> it is crazy. It is just bat bleep crazy. And Twitter's board has come out and said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. 
Um, and if you own Tesla stock and he tries to finance it by margining against his Tesla stock, I don't know. If you're interested in the Twitter story at all with Elon Musk, listen to Pivot today. And actually on Tuesday, it was a good episode. But today's is like almost all about it. It's crazy. I, If Elon Musk gets Twitter, I'm out. Uh, honestly, I am out. That's, I was wondering if you were that. Yeah. Okay, back to the story. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> no, look, we're all good. We're here to talk about fraud on Friday and anything else that pops up. So look, Bonita has dropped into the chat that she would love to have a follow-up from Mike. So you guys, if you're listening and you want to have a follow-up from the guy who is now the director of audit at the Utah Transit Authority, drop a yes or a heck yes in the chat better yet hit some of those reactions so i can see some hand clapping and some light bulbing going on because there's about 25 of you watching right now the number keeps going up and down but i see you all no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding but um, <laughs> oh now clarence says the maryland transit authority maryland transit administrator Maryland Transit Administration and the Maryland Transportation Authority, the tolls, are not cashless because the money count was not matching the date. I think oh, now wow. cashless. I bet it's supposed to be now, I bet. Now oh, cashless. Oh, you might be right. You might be right. Clarence, tell us if it was supposed to be now cashless. Because that that's what happens. Yes, are now cashless. Yeah. Now, Benita says, thank you. Only audit people can see the conflict with this. Musk slash Twitter spells trouble. Yeah. Corey, my man, Corey, I hadn't seen you in a minute. Corey says, absolutely bring Mike on. Amy is here. Amy says, yep, bring Mike on. And then Clarence clarified. He said, yes, are now cash less. Wow. That I is bet, insane. I bet Mike will have some... some uh insight into whether that's next steps for them yeah i mean there's got to be something because in order for him to get away with it for so long there had to be just an extreme breakdown in controls i don't mean like a small control you got to think this man stole they found two million dollars how much did he actually steal Well, right. and you know what's funny is I did a I did a tweet slash maybe LinkedIn post about a woman who got caught on video stuffing cash down her pants, and I made a joke about like now that's when you money launder because you know when you're a kid your parents are like don't touch money it's gross like dirty, and I got so much like you know people are like oh my god so but he had coins so but yeah but she was caught getting stuffing cash down her pants. Oh my gosh. Now, Joe with an E says, how, how do we start a new audit organization that really finds fraud? I think that's a good question. And Joe I without think, the E. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I, sadly, we all know, I mean, a lot of auditors don't think that's their role. And I do think that's somewhat of a cop out. I mean, Yes, they're always get. We're not going to be able to see things all the time, but we got to have the practices in place to be able to. We, I mean, this is I'm preaching to the choir. You guys all know that, but and there's no excuse for this stuff. Well, and here's the thing: the Institute of Internal Auditors requires that we do a fraud risk assessment now, right? As of I think that was like 2011, change to the standards or something like that. 
So if we're required to do a fraud risk assessment, why are we assessing the, okay, you guys got where I was going there. But Mike says, bottom line, segregation of duty issues, uh, lack of Z-tape and poor cashiering processes. And so you guys like Z-tape is when you zero out your machine at the end of the day so that you can reconcile it. So obviously people weren't doing reconciliations as they needed to. And with poor cashiering processes, man, there's no telling what was going on there. Cashier sharing drawers or people, I mean, who knows? Um, I actually started my career a long time ago as a bank teller. So, man, you talk about having strict cash controls. We had to have strict cash controls. So I understand what that looks like. Uh, and Corey says, hey, Joe, nice seeing you. You're back home in Barbados. Wait a minute. Where have you been? I'm trying to get to where we're, you are, Corey. We were in Orlando together. Oh, he was at the... Gotcha. Gotcha. So gotcha. we got to see each other in person, uh, along with Jane. Jane was there. Was probably some other people on here. It was great. It was good to see you. You got to see everybody, and nobody invited me to the party. You got to join your IIA board and actually volunteer there, Robert. They don't want me. Oh. <laughs> they would take you. Trust me. We are always needing volunteers. They would take you. I am too controversial. They don't want me. Actually, I think it's because you don't have a home chapter anymore. You're all over the place. So you're just going to have to join like multiple chapters. And get that involved. is very true. So anybody listening from the Houston chapter, if you want me for a while, I'm open. Yes. Yeah. Now, Joe, so, with an know, e. oh, go ahead. Jane Kelly. just posted in the comments. Um, what are the statistics now on employees committing fraud? This is kind of interesting. And Mike, I don't know if you can, you know, add in here or maybe next week, but like, I didn't see that Mike is a CFE. This is a great case that like the ACFE should cover, but if there's not a CFE that's responding to the report to the nations, this case is not in. So like, you know, this is a case oh. that, because yeah. So unless there is a CFE that worked on this case, it's not going to be covered in the report to the nations. So it's really, that's, mm -hmm. you know, you guys know me, it's a survey, not a study. Mm -hmm. And if there's no member that is a CFE that worked on this case, this case is not in the statistics. Wow. There's, um, wow, there's lots of good chat going on. I'm like having a hard time keeping up. Sorry, it's like squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> like things happening here, but yes, okay. Uh, Robert's answering messages about coming to the fraud retreat. And I'm like, 99% sure he's coming. Okay. I hadn't heard that 0.9%. Well, it went up from 99.3 to 99.9%. Right. So, so for you guys listening on podcasting platforms, Joe with an E, Joe Horowitz is asking if I'm going to the fraud retreat. And I said, I'm 99.9% .9 sure. If you don't know what the fraud retreat is, Joe, what is the fraud retreat? Uh, the Fraud Retreat is a two-day, amazing, one-of-a-kind, never-happened-before fraud CPE training event that is happening August 4th and 5th at the Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center right outside the Denver airport. So for those of you not here, yes, you have to fly here, but it is beautiful in August at the Gaylord. There's a lazy river and everything. But for Thursday and Friday, you are going to get to hang out with people like Rob and Kelly and me. And Joe Horowitz with an E, 
who's on and so many other amazing people. Dana Lawrence just signed up. She is on our panel. Dan Ramey, who's here coming from Houston. Oh my gosh, we just have an amazing list of people. And I just did a call this week with someone who wants to get into fraud. And unfortunately, I I showed her the fraud retreat retreat. It is her husband's birthday weekend. She can't go or that week. Um, but I'm like, this is going to be ongoing. And for someone that wants to get into fraud, this is like the perfect place to do it because you're going to see and meet and hang out and not be intimidated. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in every topic we're doing cybersecurity, we're doing cryptocurrency. I mean, we are doing fraud controls and prevention to Jane's point. That's what auditors need to focus on just as much. Um, we're going to do fraud investigations. Leah, we, uh, wait, wheat holder, I always say it wrong, is going to lead us through an investigation. Kelly's going to talk about embezzlement. I mean, we, we're going to have two people, business owners of companies that have been embezzled. They're talking to us. So, I mean, it's going to be great. Okay, I'll stop talking about it now. <laughs> so Christine Murray asked, will you make this an annual thing? She can't make it this year. Fingers crossed. Yes. I mean, this is, that's the plan. This is the first annual and this is going to be get bigger, maybe not bigger because we want it to be a retreat. We want it to be able to talk to everybody and talk to each other. Um, but it's going to be better every year. I'll tell you that. So now Richard says the Tidewater Virginia I and the Virginia ACFE host the Williamsburg Fraud Academy on an annual basis over 20 years and counting. If you need some good speakers for that Academy, I know three. Uh, Richard, do I you know, know lots of people who have spoken there and it, they give it big kudos. Do they, do you know, Tony? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his last name, Richard. You probably do. Cause I know he told me about that event. Uh, but anyway, but I've heard it's a great success. All right. So you guys, episode number 53 of Fair Fair. I want to say thanks to everyone who comes out every week and watches us live on LinkedIn do the Friday Froster. I also want to thank those of you who download us because apparently this podcast is worldwide and we have a global audience. So far, we have people in the US, in Canada, all over India, in South Africa, West Africa, uh, Northern Africa, Australia, uh, you know, a new one came up that was really interesting, Papua New Guinea. I was like, wait, what? So, um, but all over the place. So I want to say thank you for that. But listen, we're in this new virtual world and it's not going anywhere. I mean, I think we're going to go back to being in person some, but some of this virtual communication has been good for us. It's allowed us to connect with people all across the globe, people that we've never seen in person. Here's the thing, though. We need to know how to show up and look good when we do it. And I don't mean putting on your makeup and looking good because I just I, there's no help for me in that one. But looking professional, sounding professional, getting a point across adequately and accurately with folks. And with that said, that is why I want to talk to you guys. I have a show that I do on Saturday mornings. Like I said, it's called Good Morning LinkedIn. It's with my friend Doreen Benamara, who right now is actually away in Africa, but I have a special guest host for the past three weeks, Sri Mahabir, who is the queen of being on camera. 
We've been doing a three-part episode telling you how to look good in business meetings, essentially. Part one was getting your mind right, the mentality, because you got to have a good mindset to really get on camera. Part two was the equipment and the tools that you need. Now, tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time is the last part. We're going to talk about five things that you can do to prepare for your business meeting so that you can show up like a pro. You think we just show up on this Friday Froster show and just do it? I mean, actually, we kind of just do, but, 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 but that's not true. Totally true. We talk to each other about the story. We prep. We are prepared for the conversation. But, but, but it is because we have lots of practice. So I want to invite you tomorrow morning. Good morning, LinkedIn. Here on LinkedIn. Come to the show. Join the show. We are available on your favorite podcasting platforms, but the other reason I want you to come too is because, well, after the show, during the show, we're going to make a special announcement for because we have a course for business professionals. We have a course for business professionals teaching you how to show up on camera and still look very professional. Now, Jane is asking, is there a link? Jane, of course, there's a link, my friend. I'm going to drop it in the chat for you. There's a link to the show tomorrow morning. I'm going to invite you all there because you all are my friends and I really care about you and your careers. All right. A fair fair. He stole over $2 million in change. Mike, the director of audit there now, is going to come talk to us at some point. Hopefully next week, Mike and I really got to talk about it and we'll get the rest of the story. I love it. Have a good weekend. Bye, guys. See you guys later.